Cool. <clears throat> hey guys, what's up everyone? It's Dr. Love. We're back. Uh, Thursday Love Note, as promised, all summer long. Uh, today I'm super excited to introduce you all to a special guest we have on the show today. I am very, very excited about what he has to say and excited for you all to get to know him a little bit during this episode. So without further ado, Wesley, if you could just introduce yourself uh, give us a 30 to 60 second elevator pitch. Who are you? Important things about yourself that, that you want to share uh, with the audience today. Go for it. Yeah. So uh, my name is Wesley, also known as Ring Boy. I've been called that. Um, but <laughs> I am 22 and I am married. That's a big thing. Um, gosh, uh, I was saved when I was six. Um Grew up in a nice Christian home. I was blessed with that. Um, and I, I lived in Italy for seven years. That's an interesting fact. Um, I can speak Italian. Um, we moved back in 2016. And I've been in Kansas ever since. Um, just, you know, living life. Got married and I'm very blessed. Awesome. Wow. I, I have so many questions. <laughs> ring boy love the nickname uh i'm assuming that's because you're married yes so i was talking with uh coach crush about whether or not i should use my real name and <laughs> i just decided that i don't really care um but we had came up with ring boy as nickname in case so i i like ring boy i think that nickname <laughs> i think that's gonna stick honestly ring boy so uh i awesome. wow, ring to it yeah, um, I see what um, you that did was there. a horrible joke. Yeah, terrible. <laughs> so no, but no one laugh at that, please. I'm sorry. I apologize. But okay, Italy though. What uh, whereabouts in Italy? So we lived one year in Turin, which is the north uh, northwestern part of Italy. Um, it's a we lived in a nice little town where you could see the mountains in the morning. It was beautiful. Um, but then after a year there, we moved to Venice. Um, not to the island, unfortunately, or fortunately, mm. depending on how you look at it. Um, but we were we were about half an hour off into the mainland, and we were there for six years. Um, my parents were missionaries, and so we uh, we did missionary work over there for uh, seven years. And yeah, well, I'd imagine. Uh... Like, talk to me about your journey through Italian food. I mean, oh. I would imagine it's been for you in in the U.S. <laughs> uh, by living there so long. Or am I am I wrong? Uh, you're not completely wrong. Um, but I, I do like American Italian still because I go into it with the expectation that I'm eating American Italian food. If I'm expecting, okay. you know, Italian food, real Italian food, then I'm going to be vastly disappointed so i don't even go into it thinking it's real italian i, I go in that's you know, very fair knowing what it is sure and and i'd imagine so walk us through uh it's an average night in in venice what are you having for dinner well if it's local like if it's okay, assuming yeah. let, let's 
Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Italian cuisine. What are what's an average plate, average meal that you might be eating? Oh man, uh, there's a few. There's they eat a lot of um, pasta, obviously, and pizza. Right. Everybody knows that. I also eat a lot of seafood um, on the coast areas. Um, I'm not a seafood person, so I don't typically get, typically get that. But I would eat like, gosh, if I was going out to eat, I would probably go to a local small hole in the wall pizzeria and get myself a whole pizza. I get what's called the Diavola, which is like a spicy salami. It's delicious. Mm. Well, that sounds amazing. I that was one of the biggest questions I had was pizza wise. I, I, you know, you've always heard, at least I have, Oh, pizzas in America. I don't even really eat pizza in Italy or at least nowhere, nothing that resembles American pizza. What would you say is the difference between Italian and American pizza? Um, there's a lot. <laughs> uh, okay. American pizza Imagine. is, very thick compared to Italian pizza. Uh, it's cooked differently. It's all the ingredients usually aren't super fresh. Um, right. And, and they use different cheeses in Italy too. And usually the sauce is a little bit more developed than our marinara sauce in, in America that we love. But mm. I think the most important thing is probably the, the dough and the crust. They uh, it's so good. And it's, it's a nice thin crust and then they cook it in wood fired ovens only. And uh, it cooks in like two minutes uh, because the oven's so hot and just makes the crust like pillow up and it's so good. Wow. As a former Papa John's employee myself, I like to consider myself a bit of a pizza guy, but you know, I, (laughs) I response to that other than to say, I mean, I've got to try that sometime. Uh, uh yeah. you know, Papa John's, we always tried to, they, they said better ingredients, better pizza, Papa John's, but mm-hmm. I have a feeling that what you're talking about is a little bit fresher because we were getting stuff from like, we were getting sauce from cans. You know, I have a feeling yeah, that's not yeah. happening over there so much. No. So we had this local pizzeria that we would go to that was close by our house and they would let us watch them make the pizzas, um, completely from scratch. And I mean, mm. they got fresh tomatoes that they're they're mashing in there to make the sauce, and, and they have mozzarella cheese that they're grating on there. That you know, it's all fresh. It's that's what makes it so good. I think is all the ingredients have come straight from like farmers or uh, you know gardeners. Everything is super fresh. Yeah, it's, that it certainly sounds that way. I I never had the skill to throw. Or actually, like, form my own. I was more the delivery guy. They're like, ah, you know, we're just going to throw you on delivery. So I've never had the actual craft of of pizza making, but I'd imagine witnessing it would be would be awesome. Now, shifting gears, uh, the mission field, which you touched on, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, you spending that time in Italy, your parents uh, serving over there as missionaries. Uh, what were, what were some of your experiences, uh, in regards to that, or were there any unique moments, special moments that you, you witnessed over there, things that God did, things that you saw, or, or what was the overall impression of it as a location that you got from, from the mission field? 
Yeah. So, uh, as most people know, Italy is very Catholic. So everybody there already thinks they're fine. They already think they're religious just because they're born into Catholicism, born into a family that's, you know, religious. Um, sure. But so we went over there originally uh, as church planters and that was, that was my parents' goal. And uh, it started out, you know, kind of slowly. Um, we had uh, eventually got a Bible study that was probably about 30 people um, started and, and slowly but surely it kind of morphed into uh, we started going to, and uh, having these people attend a church that was already existing there. And mm. uh, so, uh, yeah, it was an Italian church that had been there for a while that was started by other missionaries that we are actually really good friends with. And yeah, my parents uh, kind of moved into more of a like a missionary uh, helper role. Uh, my my dad is kind of like the the overseer of the missionaries in Europe now. So it, that was kind of the transition later in uh, in the years. But yeah, I mean, I've seen some awesome things happen. Um, just people that you don't expect to be saved uh, get saved, and it's it's pretty cool. No, that's that's amazing, uh, and and a very unique experience, I'm sure. Something that not a lot of people you come across in Overland Park or in certain parts of Kansas, you know, are out here speaking to town have <laughs> have grown up in that part of the world. So that that is yeah. uh, that's a unique experience that I'm glad you got to have. Um, we know a little bit about you uh, again. For our audience, if you listen to us, you know this is a this is a podcast that touches on men. But one of the things, obviously, in the name Doctor Love, we're passionate about is the idea of love, and who better than Ring Boy, who's married at twenty two, talk about <laughs> his journey uh, through love and through relationships. So, I just have a couple questions for you. Yeah. Um, give us a little bit of a history if you will about your dating or your relationship or anything that you'd feel comfortable sharing for sure yeah so man growing up overseas made it a little difficult (laughs) i will say i can imagine (laughs) um and it didn't help that i was i'm i'm very much an introvert um i've gotten better over the years but uh you know going out and making friends and talking to people was not my strong suit um when I was younger. And so, I mean, we moved back when I was 15, so I I wasn't really dating or anything then, but, uh, you know, in the past few years, um, definitely I've had uh, a few experiences. Um, and let's see, I've only really had, um, two relationships that I would call relationships. (laughs) Sure. I've had, you know, I've had a bunch of first dates or whatever, but you know, I only count if you're actually dating. So, right, um, right, right. You know, the, the first one that I ever had lasted about a month. <laughs> so, hey. uh, yeah, that was, that was something I, I don't think I was ready, but right. I would, you know, I was, I felt like I was pressured by a lot of people. Um, my brother and sister, I had just both gotten married. Um, my brother got married uh, over two years ago now, and my sister got married last year. And so I kind of felt a lot of pressure because they were um, both, you know, well, my sister wasn't married yet, but 
they were both in relationships and were going to get married. And my mom and grandma were all like, so when are you going to get a girlfriend? And I'm just like, not definitely. I'm, I'm still trying, you know, <laughs> but um, I feel like I rushed into it. And, okay. and that, kind of, that kind of hurt me a little bit. Um, just it's not a good idea to ever rush into uh, things like a relationship. But, you know, my second one um, clearly turned out pretty well. <laughs> hey, I, I'd say. Yeah, I was very blessed um, to meet my wife. And um, I don't know if you want to go into that story now, but. No, I absolutely yeah. do. That was a natural follow up is yeah, <laughs> bit about how you met her, kind of what that was like. Walk us through. Was it was it love at first? Well, not love at first sight, but was it. Uh, was it a slow burner talk to us a little bit about that set the table i'd say for me it was a slow burner but for her and she'd tell you this it was love at first sight (laughs) hey Um, okay okay yeah i know um but man it's such it's a funny story to be honest so (laughs) um my mom um and dad had went to a missionary conference um in atlanta um, a while ago and they met these new missionaries and they heard my parents lived in Kansas city and they were like, Oh, we know this girl that, uh, lives in Kansas city. Um, you should, you should meet up with her and get lunch with her. And so she, my mom did and, um, found out she goes to this church that's really close by our house actually. And so my mom naturally tries to set me up with her. Mm, Um, Of course, as moms do. So she gets me to go to this other, uh, like young adult group on, on Thursday nights. And I'm like, I know my mom's trying to set me up with somebody, but I go. Oh yeah. And first person I meet when I walk in is my wife. Um, and it was funny because she didn't even, um, like introduce herself first or anything like I'm new I'm walking in I'm an introvert I'm like I don't know where I'm going and she just asked me um are you a Heiser and for those who don't know my last name's Heiser we have I have six siblings so wow pretty much make up half of our church but (laughs) uh she somehow recognized me and so we were talking for a little bit but the what's funny is that the girl uh, that my mom was trying to set me up with was not her. It was a different girl. And I ended up meeting my future wife um, because of some other missionaries, which is interesting. But yeah, we met at that young adult group and I had just kept getting to know her. And eventually I asked her out and we went to a coffee shop, um, which went for five hours, our first date. So that's how I knew it was going pretty well. And then, um, yeah, three months later, I, I proposed in the same coffee shop. Actually, it was probably uh, five months later. Sorry. But same coffee shop. Um, it was, you know, it was good. She said yes, obviously. And and then we planned a wedding in four months. So that was fun. Wow. Okay. So you're so total elapsed time. From meeting to marriage. Uh, so I knew Ish? her. I, I hadn't met her for 
I met her in August of 21 and we got okay. married October last year. So just over okay. a year, I guess. Just over a year. Okay. Yeah, I, I got you. Nice. So, wow. There, uh, so a lot of, a lot of things are touched. So you, you had the, I, I think the coffee date concept is, <laughs> is almost a, a laughable, uh, stereotype but yeah. hey you know what they say don't knock it until you try it and i mean it definitely worked out for you <laughs> that, for sure. that's awesome to hear you know the coffee date is alive and well ladies and gentlemen so yes that is uh that is good to hear congratulations by the way thank you um yeah, yeah that <laughs> that that's great uh great hearing and thanks for sharing that um and and honestly, I think one thing that I can really relate to is the whole like, you know, you said, hey, I've I've only maybe ever had two, what I consider two real relationships. Uh, I think at least a lot of people have been in a situation where maybe you get into a relationship and you realize either during it or after the fact, hey, probably wasn't ready for that, you know, mm-hmm. or hey, like, I think I jumped into this one. I think I did, you know, I rushed, rushed. Uh, so, you know, uh, refreshing to see, uh, you know, God's timing, uh, play out in a, in a really cool way for you there. Um, yeah. but you know, I, I have a question, a follow-up question. Um, you know, seen this before I've, I've gotten this feedback from a lot of, um, uh, a lot of, a lot of our audience and, and just people with in in church in these young adults groups uh a lot of people feel uh like it's it's very difficult uh meet people to get to know people mm-hmm. in those sorts of settings um if 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 i were to ask you today uh the perspective of someone who's married so the, obviously you're not actively involved in the search at this point but yeah what's one tr- thing you've noticed about christian dating uh, that you might want to call out or or shed light on that that maybe you feel passionate about. Yeah, man, this is a great question, and I think the first one that came to mind for me is the concept of the one or mm. uh, the soulmate concept. You know, uh, I think it's very very misunderstood nowadays, and even in Christian dating, especially in Christian dating, um, you know. If you were to ask me um, before I was married and dating my wife, like if you were to ask me, does God have the one for me? I mean, I, I, I that's not a you know, question. You know, I think you have to define what you mean by the one or by soulmate. Um, yeah, you know, there's not just one definition, and uh, understanding the right definition has to be is is very important. Um, if by the one you mean that, you know, there's one single person out there who's the only person I can ever be with, only person I can ever be compatible with perfectly, I would say, no, there's not going to, you're not going to find the one. But right. I think if you define the one um, differently, you will get a better answer. And uh, it reminds me that the pastor that married us was the pastor of my wife's church um, before she moved to my church. And 
he uh, preached a series, which I highly recommend, and I can link it if we want to do that later. Um, but he said in this in one of his messages, you'll know you found the one or your soulmate when you're putting the ring on their finger at the altar. And I thought that was such a good insight and quote, um, because when when you know that God has your best in mind, you can know that whoever you end up marrying was the one for you. You don't have to worry about right. finding the perfect person because it'll be the perfect person will be whoever you end up marrying. And that's such a like relief that you can feel from having to search for the, oh, this person doesn't like this or doesn't believe this or whatever. They're not going to be perfect. But in the same sense, they will be perfect because God chose them for you. And uh, yeah, that's, right. that's wow. just a big, big thing that I notice nowadays that people are always searching for the perfect person and it, it, the perfect person doesn't exist. I, I hate to break it to you, but, but yeah, no, I, I think I love the fact I, I really like the definition that uh, the pastor provided uh, about the one. <laughs> I also think your perspective on that's really good. I, I think there is kind of this attitude of, Oh, getting so caught up. And is this the one, is this the right person? Is this evaluating yeah. people point scale or, Oh, do they check this box? Do they have this? But ultimately I think that's a very freeing mentality to have is truly trusting God. We will know, and we can rest in the confidence of knowing that, yes, that person is the one when you're putting at the altar. I think that is yeah. a, a really, really good point that is lost, I think, in a lot of conversation. Um, mm -hmm. So I appreciate that answer, and thank you for lending your perspective. Um, Absolutely. Kind of progressing from that, stem from that, uh, breaking down uh, the experience with, with both men and women, um, how would you challenge Christian to be better today? Uh, just as addressing it, obviously as a group, um, just Christian men, if you're, if you're, this could be spread to every single Christian man out there, what would you say? Oh boy, man, this is where I have a lot of notes. So, <laughs> okay, go off. This is what um, we want. This is what, <laughs> why we brought you on. Yeah. So, man, I think it's important to first remember first uh, Timothy five, two, um, which um, it says to treat all your elderly uh, women like mothers and the younger women like sisters with yeah. all purity. And that, that includes everything. And that goes into the next point, which I think is a kind of taboo subject, but I'm going to go for it. So I think the number one go thing off. that Christians, do is get off porn i'm gonna be straight up stop it mm. do whatever it takes because it will destroy you and uh someone once said i think it's john owen he said we must be killing sin or it will kill us and this sin specifically is so destructive it it shapes your mind it, it reshapes what you think beauty is and it does that in a way that makes your mind become numb to what true beauty is. And so you'll, you'll never be truly satisfied with the natural beauty that God has created in women 
or in men um, uh, that this could apply to women also. But you, you, I mean, you put an unfair burden on your future significant other by indulging this sin. Um, but you have to be disciplined and that includes your eyes includes it's, it's your duty to keep your mind and body pure for your future spouse. Um, I just want to mention Psalm 119 verse nine. How can a young man keep his way pure by guarding it according to your word? And this is, if I could express one point, this is the number one thing. And, you know, we think Christian men, oh, they might not be struggling with this, but you'd be surprised how many Christian men uh, and young men are struggling with this and uh, need to cut it off. So, yeah. Absolutely. Um, um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, let's see. I'll go on to the next one. I think more guys need to ask girls out in person. Yes. Uh, All right. Okay. <laughs> I This is something that I've been harping on people for. Um, I think we're just scared. I don't understand it. We're like, I was at this point, I, I got to this point where I was just fed up with, with dating apps and stuff. And I, I don't know why I didn't do this sooner. Asking out in person is the way to go. It's, it's scary, but you have to do it. Like it's so much better than texting, calling so much more personal. And what's the worst that's going to happen. You get, you get rejected. They say no. Okay, move on. Right. <laughs> it's not that big of a deal. It's it's right. That's, that's what life is. And but I also think it comes from more than just uh, a fear. I think it comes from laziness. I I, I do. And mm. I think that stems out of Genesis three. Um, you know, God tells Adam in, in the curse. Um, he, he's talking to Adam. Says he's going to work by the sweat of his brow. Yep. Um, it's going to be hard work just in general work was created for us and we were, we would enjoy it before the fall, but because of sin um, now work is tiresome. It's hard. We don't want to do it. We're lazy men as men. We, we love comfort. <laughs> we love sitting on the couch after a long work day and just, you know, mindlessly watching TV or sitting on our phones or playing video games. Yep. That's why it's, it's difficult, but in order to see progress happen, you have to be disciplined. You have to make change. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I, I love both of those answers. I think one pornography is a massive issue, a massive issue in every community, but the Christian community being no exception to the rule. Um, Yeah. yeah, I, I mean, I, I, conversations I've had with people uh, about that topic about just how really realizing how rampant it is uh, in our community and mm-hmm. in people's lives and it absolutely does have a grip on it, it gets a inside and it just it really is a sin of of um, of real internal almost of the mind and it really is something that doesn't that a lot of times causes damage uh, long into the future, not just immediate future damage. And I think that that's uh, super dangerous. Thank you for touching on that. Again, this show is an honest show. 
people things appreciate the the real the realness of that also mm-hmm. though uh yeah echo that statement about boldness and guys like advocates on the show uh you know uh be being authentic being honest and communicating and in order to someone you got to communicate you got to be bold um yeah and i think that that is something that is lacking and i think something good to call out so appreciate it there um following up you you challenge christian men if you could say one thing to christian women what would that be okay i I have one more thing for the men sorry (laughs) go for it no Uh, please go for it one of the greatest quotes that i've ever heard about this whole topic of you know dating or relationships and stuff right and it's from Bodie Bauckham um he said be the man of God you would want your daughter to marry and I think that is a great Mm. challenge um for you men out there listening you need to be the man that you would want your daughter to marry find out what that would look like write down some traits some qualities and strive towards those that's how you can make progress um, and then for the, I, I didn't have a lot prepared for the woman. Um, all good. I, I'd probably be able to speak more towards that, but you know, if I were to say something, I would say, give guys a chance. Um, I think a lot of women, because of the whole concept of the one, they have this, uh, Prince charming in mind that they want them. They want that one guy to ask them out. And if the, that guy doesn't do it, then they're going to say no to everybody else. And uh, that's, that's probably a wrong perspective. Um, you know, don't write somebody off just because he's not the specific guy that you wanted to ask you out. Um, you, that's, you're never going to get into relationships and have a chance of getting married if you do that because that's not going to happen all the time. Right. But also, uh, I'd say uh, just be honest. Um, don't make up excuses. Uh, when you do reject a guy, just be honest. Be clear that'll make it so much easier for for them for the dude trust me uh no dude wants to be ghosted no dude wants to have some oh god told me that oh, we can't be together kind of answer <laughs> oh like, man yeah. we Ooh. we want clarity here that's that's what i stand right. for i'm sure that's what yeah. you guys would agree um amen to that but also for the guys clarity when you're asking a girl out don't be like hey do you want to hang out sometime be clear, like, hey, would you want to go on a date with me? Just yeah. straight up. That's that's what I'm that's what I preach. Just you know, clear, bold, to the point. Wow. Uh I couldn't say it any better myself. I, I feel like see, this is we're on the same page, Wesley. I <laughs> or should I say should I say ring boy? I, I really like this. I thank you, uh Thank you for all this. I, I think this is this is really going to hit home. Um, yeah. And I guess uh, as a as a wrapping up question, you've been so gracious in answering a lot of questions today. But now that you're in a in a marriage and in a God honoring marriage, be as as a young married man, uh, just talking to talking to a lot of people, uh, most of whom in the audience. You know, yeah. when you're in a relationship how what's what's a successful relationship look like what advice do you have uh towards that what's a successful i i would say a successful relationship is one that you end up marrying the person in uh yeah i think 
if you're dating for any other reason, I, I don't see the point, uh, especially as a Christian, you, you should be dating for marriage. Um, sure. Like there's no valid reason. I think that you can bring up dating is not a concept in the Bible. Um, so there's, a, I don't see any reason other than, than for marriage and, you know, being successful in your relationship means you get married, um, to me. Um, yeah, I think there's a few lies that people believe going into relationships and even marriage. Um, probably the, the first one kind of goes back to what I was talking about with the one and that whole concept. Uh, people believe that there's the perfect person for them. And if you spend your life searching and searching for that perfect person, you're going to be disappointed and you'll never be satisfied. You'll always be looking for the person who's better looking, who has makes more money, who has better qualities, who's funnier. You'll, you'll never end up getting married because you'll never settle for the person that God has designed you to marry. Um, yeah. I, I, you'll never, it's important. Actually, I want to mention Ecclesiastes is a passage mm. that really grew my understanding of this. Um, it's one of my favorite books, actually. Highly recommend. <laughs> but uh, Solomon is is the author of Ecclesiastes, and he he had everything. He had all the wives that you could think of. He was literally the richest person to ever live, and he had wisdom given from God. So he had everything, and he was king. There's nothing more you could want, and he says it's all vanity. It's all like a breath in the cold. It just, it's there for a moment, but you can't keep it. It goes away. Mm. And yeah, never, it's important to remember that, you know, we're never going to be truly satisfied in this life. There's no marriage. There's no relationship. There's no person that could ever satisfy you. And once you, once you understand that and you turn to God for satisfaction, you can, have this weight off your shoulders. There's not this person that you're looking for. You need to be living for Christ and he will be your satisfaction. And then he will give you blessings. Like marriage is a very big blessing. It's not this thing that you earn, but it's something, it's a grace that God gives you. And uh, I think that's just really important to remember. Just be satisfied in Christ. You can never be, um, you'll never be satisfied anywhere unless you're satisfied in christ so yeah wow that uh that's the truth right there and and i honestly can't add to that uh <laughs> really other than to say i mean placing god first and valuing relationship with him above us uh will be the the driving force behind your success or lack thereof uh in a relationship relationship isn't honoring to the lord it's really not uh probably a relationship worth having at all um yeah and and i just i thank you for i thank you for sharing all that all that you've shared tonight uh thank sure. you for giving us a lot a lot of your time your time um and you know as a as a married guy uh don't want to cut too far into your into your evening <laughs> but uh other thank you um, and guys who are listening, women, uh, audience, everybody, uh, just thank you so much for support.
and hopefully we'll have more stuff like this uh, as we continue to move forward. But uh, with that being said, this has been another great episode. Uh, thank you again uh, for the interview, and we'll see you next time. Bye.